0: You're gonna play. but if you want stay in change, well, you better gym wits, gym That's right, man. Yes.
1: welcome to the gym Wits podcast I'm Ryan George
0: I'm Justin Guild aka chef Sonic
1: and we are the gym wits so today's my first day physically recording in about four or five weeks yeah. um, as you've probably heard, Ad, ad nauseum uh, in every podcast we posted. I was going away for a little bit.
0: Do you want um, to know? What back, but you, I can't you know really... what word you you know what term you use ad nauseum. Ad nauseum. Yeah, <laughs> uh, <laughs> that's a good point. Um, but I um, I can't really. So I, I
1: said I would be able to talk about it, but I can't really talk about it because uh, I gotta wait till like December to talk about why I was away. So you may and depending on when we release this, which will probably be sooner than later, because. We're going to talk about some more relevant Wouldn't kind it be of current weird if you like
0: released it in February And it was like you have to wait till December And people the thought only, that they have to wait a whole Yeah, like The only reason why
1: it'll be released is because we're talking About the fight and the yeah, fight yeah. happened Last week so we kind of need to release This this week otherwise it doesn't quite make Then we're like two weeks off so it doesn't really make Sense so this will probably get released Before some episodes are recorded a few weeks ago Where I'm still going to reference me going away so Sorry <laughs> about that I just probably shouldn't have talked about it so much But uh, whatever the case is uh, So what do you think of the fight this weekend uh, if anyone's not where it's the Conor McGregor, Khabib, m- whatever his last name is, is. Like
0: Madoff, yeah, yeah. Well, it well first off, it's interesting. It's that moment where someone becomes a household name, right? Yeah. Because in the the relatively small MMA mixed martial arts community, we knew who he was for for a while now, and we said this guy's probably a future champ. And um, it's just interesting to see when someone. Becomes a household name overnight and yeah. and all of a sudden now he, he For for not necessarily the most savory yeah. Reasons, you know, and it's not just due to his his great uh, ability, but he's become a household name. Yeah
1: Well, I, mean, I think that's the thing I think one of the Tricky things with the UFC is that basically Conor McGregor has become the guy and so the, all, yeah. all the marketing dollars and time and attention gets placed on him so um, But I think because there was a kind of a groundswell of, you know, fans who knew how good Khabib was, I think the fans really took this fight seriously. And then that extended to all of the kind of casual fans and even people who don't really know. Because I know a lot of people who know very little about MMA who knew about the Khabib fight. And they know Khabib. They know the name. And so I think people realized it was a big threat. And he was a threat. Um, You know, clearly he's not the personality that McGregor is and I think that you know McGregor is kind of that lightning in a bottle as far as sure you know marketing um, but yeah he is a household name but unfortunately then you know it's kind of the debacle that happened after the fight and that's what he's gonna be known for and I think that was a so a mess
0: I have a very interesting perspective on that and we view things through our Western lens right so the immediate response and for me, I was disappointed with how he acted because you wanted to see someone act professionally. Yeah. Now, if anyone is unaware of this, it's sort of hard to be because even people that are completely not into MMA heard about this and heard about what went down. But if you are if you don't know what we're referring to, after the fight in which Khabib won pretty in a dominant fashion, he jumped over the cage and attacked one of uh, Conor McGregor, who was his opponent, his coaches, Uh right? And this had been building up for a while. There's the very sort of the the abridged version is that Conor had been trash-talking him about his religion. He's Muslim, uh, about his homeland, uh, Dagestan, about his father. Uh, And he attacked Khabib. Conor did. Him and his entourage attacked him on a bus, uh in brooklyn during in uh ufc a little while back where he threw a chair through a bus and actually injured other fighters Mm -hmm. who had to pull out of fights and it was uh that was a debacle on connor's side right so um khabib took it very took this very very personally and so after the fight where we view it as he could have Gotten up and said to, said thank you to McGregor and you know and hugged him and said it was a great fight and then ridden off into the sunset uh, as a huge champion and draw and just squashed everything. But he didn't. He took the exact opposite approach by jumping into the crowd and attacking um, Dylan, whatever his name is, and was immediately vilified for it and is going to be suspended by the. Um, the commission by the Nevada State Athletic Commission, uh, Dana White, the, the standing president of the UFC, was very, very unhappy and made his thoughts known immediately. And that's the, the immediate thought is he's really hurt. He's, he's going to get suspended. He's really messed up his career. Right. He could have this, you know, he, he's going to be suspended for a year, maybe have his title stripped, maybe lo- have big fines. He's really hurt himself. So that's sort of the obvious thing that we see. But if you guys take a look at celebrations in Dagestan and Russia, people were going crazy in the streets when he won, right? It's all like they had won the, the the World Cup or something like that. It was on that level. People were going nuts in the streets. So while we view it as a career killer or potentially or a big hurdle and uh, – Granted, he didn't make great people say he apologized, but he didn't. Because for me, there's nothing worse than when someone apologizes with a butt. Mm-hmm. To me, that's just low grade. You apologize or you don't apologize, right? So he um so after attacking Dylan, whatever, and almost starting a riot, which was bad, when you count all the celebrations, the fact that he won, I think doing that elevates him to a folk hero because he defended his religion, he defended his country, he defended his family. So while we see it as unprofessional and we see it as a career killer, in his culture and to you know the people that follow him, he's a folk hero yeah. now. Well, I don't I don't think he I don't think we see it as him really
1: affecting his career all that much. I think that really the reality is you know for the UFC kind of you reap what you sow so the, the the whole time they promoted the fight as look at what McGregor did look at the craziness the he threw a chair at a bus they, they hate each other there's legitimate bad blood what's gonna happen in this fight I think that you know they kind of played to that idea that something crazy might happen because there's legitimately blood blood bad blood so you can't really be surprised when stuff really does happen so I think he might get Suspended by the commission. He might get a fine. I think he's gonna get paid uh, the UFC, you know paid. He's gonna make yeah. a lot of money. Um, I think on top of that. He he's a, a, a name, you know now legitimately um, Is at, it like there's no such thing as bad publicity type? Deal? Yeah, I think so I mean he's, <laughs> he's a name. I think it looks bad for the sport um, But looks terrible sports sport. at a point where that again that's publicity like people, you know any you know people want to you know, the, here's the thing with UFC I think that their mistake was they put all their eggs in the Ronda Rousey basket they put all their eggs in the Conor McGregor basket and so when you do and, and they don't I don't think they put enough effort and thought into really developing new stars so you have all these great fighters but who's really a household name right now you know the, the, you have a handful of people who are household names and yeah. so this fight was a huge deal and guess what in the aftermath it was on, you know, the front page of CNN. It was on the front of every news channel. Everybody covered it because it was Conor McGregor and it was chaos. Um, and so I think that yeah, short term, you know, Dana White's got to look act outraged, and it is outrageous. And as a fan of the sport, I don't like it. But it really, it's not going to affect the sport. It's not going to affect ratings. In fact, the rematch is going to be. Probably sell even better than this pay per view. Um, Khabib can command anything he wants because at the end of the day, the UFC is going to want that belt on Conor. They're going to want to try to give Conor a rematch. I think you know if I understand correctly, Dana I think may have even said
0: that. So Khabib well, can. Dana said that he wants to keep them far away. Khabib but can. We, write, we know yeah. what Dana well, says. For, you know, never, until
1: the big card, the, you the know the, the Super Bowl card, or till July fourth, whatever. You know, end of the day. Khabib can command whatever he wants for this next fight because the, you know the ball's in his court at this stage you know and he he dominated McGregor and they, you know there were signs McGregor showed some signs of of maybe being able to make some adjustments and fight a more competitive fight but he was clearly dominated and I don't think he deserves I think he doesn't um, he doesn't deserve the next fight he, well it's not that even that he doesn't deserve a rematch he doesn't deserve the next fight but he's probably going to get it yeah. um you know or at a minimum he'll get a feel get a title fight in July or whatever maybe it could be fight, you know defends against Ferguson and then you know, whoever wins that fight gets it. whatever the case is um, I don't think it's bad for anybody really except fans who want the sport to look legitimate um, but uh, yeah, I think as far as uh you know, he, he, you know, Khabib's reaction. I think that you know that's another part of the, this issue. Is you know, in, in Connor's mind, it's entertainment, and I think for him, it's business. But you know, there there are lines you don't cross, and if you cross that with certain people, you just don't know how they're going to react. And you know, I think that's a problem. With you know, yeah, you can say it's all fun and game. It's kind of like the you know the prank guys you see the stupid youtube videos of guys yeah, who yeah. pull these dumb pranks and then they get it's like no no it's just a prank it's just a prank and it's like you know you don't know how people react to certain yeah. things and so i think that in this case like you, you just did not know how this guy was going to react and and you know yes he should have been more professional but, and he so, he should have taken out his aggression in the ring or in the cage which he did and he clearly you know put a stamp on it so i don't it didn't make sense but you also you know look if so, you if you talk
0: just, like that then you don't know what to expect. so how, how much should Khabib be chastised for this? Because he's not the first athlete that's had to deal with that level of of uh, trash talk, right? Um, think about this, for instance, uh, another Muslim athlete, H- Hakeem Olajuwon. Do you think in the NBA that... Other athletes would talk to him about that, would needle him. I would almost guarantee okay, so it. that Larry Bird or someone or, uh, <laughs> you know, John Alone. No, he was a notorious trash talker. So, and you know, in, in a competitive league like that, people will say anything. They'll talk uh, about your family, okay, okay, they'll talk okay, about uh, this, uh, right? But you have to maintain another a competitive, I'm sorry, a professional decor
1: another thing i say you know ad nauseum is that (laughs) context and intent matter um and so in you know yes if you're playing basketball and you're needling each other i think that's a little bit different from the extent that connor went and again in his mind you know context yeah in his mind it it's it's um you know it's it's uh just trash talking but the reality is this is a fight it's a sport of aggression testosterone they're fighting they're literally fighting and especially when it's over there's you you're just the level of um level of excitement um plus other people and the emotions involved uh you can see it happening i mean we see we see that happen where there is legitimately bad blood and and, you know you and they're, they're just lines you don't cross uh, and yes he was wrong for doing that but you it's hard to ex- it's hard to not expect or anticipate something like that and you know maybe they i don't know maybe they should have had more security or maybe they i don't know I what I think security the, 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 t- t- yeah i mean they did t- too, pretty yeah. well you know probably. i don't know what the response is but you know you're dealing it Could have you know, been like a like, like NBA, a bow from back basketball when it was a, and it's not a like riot. people yeah. it's not like fights don't break out um, so yes you you want you expect him to have restraint and you hope they have restraint you should hope that at a minimum he just doesn't acknowledge him but again with with the way that the, the you know the way that the, the kind of nature of the sport I just don't I think you he should know better than to say some of the stuff you're saying and, and it's kind of like when Chell Sonnen you know kind of a, another example of somebody who said crazy stuff about Brazilians you kind of the way he said it was so ridiculous and over the top that you know he's joking, but it was still insulting and it still upset them. Now they didn't go, you know, and and fight after you know attack him after the fight, but you know you, you kind of there lines you don't cross and so and 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 once you cross that line, you kind of have to hope that the other party is professional about it. Otherwise, you know, it's it's hard to you know yes violence isn't you know, after you know when it's outside of the ring, it's not you know appropriate. But you know again you you know, he has to have some of the blame, you know, and and I mean, that's part of why he's a multimillionaire. millionaire as far as Conor's concerned, because he does talk trash, and yeah. because he does say the crazy stuff, so, you know, it's it, it, kind of good and bad when he dealing with it.
0: So, I just wanted to mention one thing on the hypocrisy front, because we know that Dana can be a big-time hypocrite. We're talking about Dana White, the president of the UFC, and Dana's done some great work. I, you can't deny what he's done but he was he said this was sort of the his the craziest the worst experience he's ever had in mma but you know if there's a rematch they're going to use every bit of that footage yeah. well, to mean, promote yeah. the fight at the end of the day which will. i find so funny it's they him. use the see i find it uh, it's ridiculous they used the bus incident which which we've sort of which people have forgotten about but that was just as bad if not worse. Yeah. I, th- I actually think it's worse than what Khabib did because he could have he could have killed someone. Yeah. Right? The bus could have who knows what could have happened. Yeah. So yeah. Khabib, you know, it was a scuffle, right, but Yeah. He okay. um, you know, what Connor did was was really worse. Yes, he was arrested for it and he lost a lot of money because of it, but you know, it's you know, it's just funny how those things are forgotten, but dana used it as a promotional yeah. tool and he'll use this footage as a smart, promotional I mean, tool. tool. businessman.
1: you don't get you don't you don't take a sport from nothing to you know the i mean it can't it's hard to say, continue to say it continues to but the fastest rising sport in the world um, without being a shrewd businessman but it is kind of hypocritical to on one hand talk about it like it's the worst thing that ever happened but you know yeah we'll see we'll see how it's promoted but um all right well let's uh, i guess anything else while we're doing our ufc talk which I might have to put in the show notes like you can skip to, to you know <laughs> like eight minutes to, to miss the, the discussion but um, anything else to add or you want to get into the- I think that
0: that's you know I think that 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 covers the the, uh, the basis with that all right cool oh, there, there, one other thing um, if there's any uh, any Major League Baseball fans, are you aware that the Yankees were eliminated yeah. last night? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so yeah. funny how some years back that would have... Devastated probably, me, yeah. And now, and now you're just like, sort of yeah, like... They lost. Did you even watch the game? I asked Alexa.
1: <laughs> it was like at 11 o'clock. I was like, Alexa, um, <laughs> what's the score of the Yankees game? Yeah, yeah. And it was like they are down. Uh, so I didn't realize they, they almost came back. They almost came the, back, not, yeah. when won, won the game, but yeah, no. It's the Yankees eliminated. Um, yeah. Is what it is. It's
0: just funny that that how a few years back that yeah, would
1: have been like a devastating. Especially because
0: yeah. they lost the Red Sox. Yeah, to exactly. Their rival. Makes it even worse. But, <laughs> all right. Well, I still hate the Red Sox, but.
1: All right, <laughs> okay. well, well, now we're we'll doing an interesting studies edition. Uh, we haven't done this in a while, so we'll kind of um scoured the internet for a couple different studies that that are interesting as usual like you know we try to always have the you know make sure you know with any of these studies a lot of them are preliminary a lot of them are small they need more stuff but it's always kind of interesting to see what what's out there what's new what what people are talking about so um the first one comes from oregon state university uh the study is basically about Industry jargon being too difficult to understand, and um, and kind of some problems with that. So when it comes to the fitness industry, um, that maybe kind of the way that things are written might be too difficult for people, you know, people to understand. Which I guess I said that already. So um, I think you know, the the issue is. So we look for when you're when you're looking for something that's kind of like let's it's uh, called readability, right? It, you want it to generally be. At an eighth grade level or below, and optimally a fifth grade level. So, okay, yeah, you, you, I know you're laughing, Bob, but I, I there's some
0: reasons why. And, and just so um, for our international listeners that may have a different education system, right? Um, fifth grade English is pretty okay, but low. We're, we're I know darned. in some other countries that uh, other that at a young age people are are much more advanced yeah. in their in their reading. Uh, but as for in the U.S. education system, fifth grade I mean, is not regardless. very high. There, there are
1: actually reasons why. It's one of those things where you hear it and you're like, oh god, and then you re, you hear yeah, the The reason uh, is because people are dumb. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's not not quite <laughs> it. What, I think that's the reason. What was it? There was something I heard yesterday, and then um, uh, damn it, there was something we were we were watching TV or something, and something came up where it was one of those things where like when you hear it initially, you're like, well, that's cr- stupid, and then when you actually hear the reason why, it's like. Oh, that makes sense. Um, but in if, if it comes up, I'll I'll I'll, I'll mention it. Um, but anyway, all right. So basically, the way it was done is they looked at they they did two uh, kind of two papers were published. So, um, one was a review of 150 kind of written resources. So these are just kind of popular health websites like the CDC, WebMD, um, etc. And they found that 50% were written for an eighth grade level, which is considered like the maximum, like I said, and only
0: 2.5 were written for fifth grade level or lower, which is the optimal. All right. Um, Just one more sidebar for for international listeners. Fifth grade, it for in the U, oh, in the U.S. is what, uh, what ten, eleven uh, years
1: old. Yeah, something like uh, what's six? Yeah, eleven, twelve. Yeah, which eleven years?
0: Yeah, no, no, not twelve. Not 12. 11, it's ten, 11. ten to eleven. It's okay, ten to eleven. Yeah. Right. Uh, f- uh, eighth grade is generally tw- 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 uh, 13, maybe fourteen. Rare cases twelve.
1: Okay. All right. So. The second study analyzed um, 14 case kind of readability reviews. So this is over 800 papers um, dealing with, again, health, wellness, um, fitness. And the average reading level was 10th grade level. So, again, higher than than the expectation. So, you know, the the point being, and the reason why, you know, yeah, it's like, oh, yeah, Americans are dumb, which I agree. Our education system is not great. Um, And, uh, you know, uh, I'll, I'll, all right. I'll stop myself before I get into more yeah. dig dig myself a, any any hole. So anyway, um, the the issue here is when you're dealing with health kind of outcomes. So who has be- who has the best health outcomes? Educated higher education equals higher better health. Sure. outcomes, Right. So the more educated you are, the more likely you are, just in general, to to be healthy. Um, now. So what the problem is if you're trying to convey or, or share information on health and wellness um you want to reach people who who may not have good health outcomes so you have those are people without formal education or very low formal education um it's also people who english is a second language so the the point is we we want to make health and wellness accessible that's what the kind of what we do as well is when we talk we i try to keep things talking about
0: a fifth grade level
1: well probably but i i try to keep things as simple as possible especially like with the information because i don't need to speak industry jargon i don't need to you know like you'll hear a lot of trainers who um and you know not to make this like this is why i'm better than all the trainers but like you know sometimes i'll hear trainers that talk to their clients and they 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 Use the jargon, but it's almost as a way to like make themselves sound like they know more than they know. They sound smarter than they are. Or We've known sound like, you know Yeah, we know that. tons of people. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> One is a listener of the podcast. Probably. So, um, you know, and, and the but you know, but the point is like, if I know that jargon, I don't need to. You know, if I'm talking to another trainer, maybe I can I speak that language, but. Otherwise, I want to keep things as simple and straightforward as possible. I want to make sure people understand what I'm saying. I don't want—I don't need you to think I'm smart um, or know what I'm. I need to—I need you to understand the information I'm trying to share. Um, and so I think you know, and, and I'm probably not that smart. So that—that's my excuse for making things sound so simple. Is uh, that I, you know, that, that I don't want to use a jargon. So you can—you can pick pick one, or maybe it's a little bit of both. But. Point being um you want to try to keep things you know as simple and accessible as possible and so you know if the people that are edge high with higher education have the better health outcomes and we're trying to share information it makes more sense that we do want to you know i know for lack of a better word i don't want to say dumb it down but you want to simplify things so that the people who don't have the better health outcomes you know actually can can access and understand and take advantage of that information. So, you know, I think that's why, you know, when it comes to kind of the readability of these articles, it's probably better to keep things at a low level.
0: Absolutely, I mean, no no question about it. You don't wanna make anything that is, uh, that, uh, you know, where you're trying to get basic ideas across to be complicated. Also consider the fact that a lot of people read on their phones. Yeah, it's small. Yeah, there's people with different. You know that English might be a second or third language. Um, people read quickly, yeah. so that the the way information is digested is very different. So it's not like you're researching it. A lot of these things are read quickly um, on small screens. So yes, it would make sense that having a very uh, sort of I guess you would call it dumbed down. Or I guess the no, really b- yeah, proper term I would like be a, a very very layman's approach, yeah. and I think I think that that's um, I think that it's definitely a good idea, but it, it brings up so many other important discussions about education. Uh, and health or being healthier, why people that have higher, have better education are healthier? Is it because there's, they're more educated? Is it because people with higher educations tend to make more money? So, or come from um, a more affluent background or just better, you know, well, middle class and up yeah. background? So, just the fact that they have more money or come from more money, is that the main reason why? Is it a combination? Is that people? Who are high, better educated Are more informed about health decisions well, It's, it's the probably above. a bit it's of all, all of the, of the I above mean,
1: you're more educated you are, the more informed you are There are, you know, a society to, As much as we love to talk about You know, kind of, you know you know, We talk about the stories of people who come from nothing and, and, you know, become billionaires Or millionaires, like there is fairly Kind of social mobility in our society Is not very high So, you know, you kind of, you tend to Whatever station you're born in That tends to be where you, you will be So, yeah, I think it's a little bit of everything, you know, that's it's just Mm -hmm. kind of all of the above. So uh, next up, we have a study from the University of Chicago at Illinois. Um so basically the study was on time restricted eating and obese population. Is there another, is
0: another University of Chicago not in Illinois? Probably. I don't know. That's I know the like, the it thing. is strange though like you see like yeah, you University see... of Alaska and it's like located in Hawaii exactly. and you're like so how you do but I guess it does yeah. happen sometimes right. Okay.
1: Yeah. So <laughs> that would be weird though. Uh <laughs> um so anyway, so they studied. Uh, so so this is kind of um, like intermittent fasting, um, which we've, we've been all the rage lately. Um, but basically, it was uh, twenty three obese volunteers, average age of forty five, And average BMI of thirty five, which is which is think considered morbidly obese, if I'm not mistaken. So basically, they trained from for they trained for or the study ran for twelve weeks, um, from ten to six. So that eight hour period from 10 uh, 10 to six is eight hours, right? I'm not crazy. Yes. Um, basically. No, no, no. Yes, yes, 10 to 6, yep. They can eat whatever they want. Um, and after that, they were only allowed water um, and calorie-free beverages. So they'd only had that 8-hour window to eat. Otherwise, the other 16 hours, they were limited to, to no food or no calories. Now,
0: I remember we did a, a similar study. where We had referenced a similar study. I think that was based on time... Eating, so you could only eat during a certain. Sure, window. which
1: would be the same thing, but it was. I don't think it was this study. I hope not, but um, but yeah, we we, we might have when we've done interesting studies in the past good, talked about su- time or success. Eating. Yeah, with it. Yeah. So for this one, um, so like I said, it was twenty-three people, so not a huge group. Um, and they're already, well, you know, already. Morbidly obese, average age of 45. So they compared the results from this group to um, said as a matched historical control group. So basically, they kind of found a control group that that had similar variables, right? Um, so there wasn't, the, you know, the control wasn't used for this study. but They try to match it with a group that was similar. Um, you know, again, similar variables. And what they found, except that they weren't doing the time restricted eating, um, what they found was that the time restricted eating group um, ate 350 fewer calories over the 12 weeks um, on average, lost 3% uh, more body weight. They had lower blood pressure than the control group. Um, now, more to me, more importantly, is fewer numbers. Dropped out than normal. So then you're normal. So any of these studies um, When it comes to dieting you're gonna have a certain percentage that are gonna drop out and a smaller percentage dropped out again It's 23 people. So it, it you know, it's not a large enough sample to really, you know, say much But um, I think that's kind of the the takeaway from this, you know, we've talked about it a lot that that, you know, it's I mean diets we always we always kind of want to be careful with how we use the word diet and that how we we talk about diets but in general most quote diets can be effective any 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 of these strategies can be effective because you're essentially um, limiting calories and so you're restricting calories or you're at a caloric deficit you're more likely than not you're gonna lose weight Um, now the the difference here Might be that if fewer people drop out, it just might be something that's more manageable than other diets. So if you're kind of, if you're, you know, you're not, this isn't restrictive as far as, you know, not, it's not a ketogenic diet. It's not a low carb diet. It's not a, you know, low fat diet. It's not, you know, avoiding protein. It's not, you know, whatever it is. It's just, you know, eat what you want, but you've got that window. And when you're not in that window, you can't eat. And, and so that seems to be Maybe it's more manageable Because you're You're not limiting yourself um, As far as your choices You're just limiting yourself As far as the time Now there are other issues With this because You know I do think that You know in a 12 week study You know 12 weeks fine But I think over time you, you do run into an issue Where somebody might say Awesome I'm gonna In that 8 hours I'm gonna eat You know just junk and crap And that still becomes a problem So I think You know it's not perfect But it, if we're If you find that This is more manageable And that people are Taking in fewer calories And maybe they're eating better Maybe it is something that is viable and that and that is a kind of healthy alternative for people
0: I think long term for something like this to work you also have to incorporate some limitations into what you can eat Sure. so it, when we talk about intermittent fasting you know Tony would always say just because you're intermittent fasting doesn't mean you can eat anything you still need to get the prop you know your macros in there you still need to get eat nutritional food Right. So I mean, there was the doctor that did the the, the, the Twinkie diet or whatever yeah. it was, where he just basically ate that to lose weight, proving if you cut your calories you can lose weight. But he you can't imagine he felt very good or that yeah. it was very healthy for him. So, um yeah, with this, I, I feel that the personally, I'm not a dietitian and I'm not a nutrition expert. But if you were, and I guess I'm not going out on a limb here, but yes, the time restriction can work, and especially if you combine it with having certain limited things, limited junk food, mm-hmm. limited um, caloric beverages, stuff like that. So if you keep it to, you know, as Tony would say, you know, real food, whole foods and you you combine it and maybe not worry so much about your your portion size right you're just eating but you're eating reasonable foods with the time restriction sounds like something that could work really well yeah but then it defeats a
1: little bit of the purpose of the study which is does cuz then you are you are creating restrictions so i think i think you you're right there's a balance obviously I think if we're talking balance, about the right, right right eating strategy maybe something that combines that will will work well and, and so not think, necessarily
0: uh, crazy restrictions, but to say, okay, you can't, you're gonna, or, you, you, you gotta limit your, your Snickers bars and your Doritos more, more and your, and your maybe, soda, maybe right? Maybe not
1: so much that, because if, if the idea is you're going to end up eating fewer calories in that window versus a full 24 hours of like, you know, trying to diet. Maybe the the point is that you know just make sure you're getting nutritious foods in. So it's like you can eat the Snickers if you want. You can eat it every day if you want. Just make sure you're getting in your you know your fruits and, and vegetables, yeah. and you're getting in you know that you're getting appropriate nutrients. As long as you're getting the appropriate nutrients, whatever. If you want to have your popcorn could, or you or your buttered popcorn, I should say, or you know something unhealthy, that's fine. But you know, again, I,
0: I don't know. That's something to kind remember, of remember. These things from are the tough to tell. That, that's why well, I mean the, when you mentioned the whole twelve week thing, that's what really sort of made me think about that, that yes, it, over 12 weeks, something can can work, right, if it's a change, but you know how the bo- the body is amazing at adjusting, and it will, it'll find its homeostasis. So probably for a long-term thing, you're gonna have, I, I mean, I, I think you're gonna have to have s- at least some concessions, yeah. right? And, and I don't think that's unreasonable. It's like, you're not saying give up everything, you're saying cut back on food that that really gives no nutritional benefit that's yeah. just added calories right without you know it's not fuel well i guess it could be but right it's it's not it's not, it's not good and i don't yeah. think many dietitians or, or doctors would disagree saying if you cut out you know if you cut out snickers bars and doritos and soda right you know you're gonna be hurting yourself yeah. so cool all
1: right so the next one comes from the university of how do you pronounce this g-u-e-l-p-h say <laughs> g-u-e-l-p-h y'all Gulf. Uh, did i like did i spell did, did, did like the iphone spell check this wrong g-u-l-e-p-h yeah how do you pronounce it i wonder if i do a quick oh mm-hmm. oh it's not saying okay well it is it's in ontario canada All right, that explains it. Actually, Yeah. Yeah. Um, Anyway, so this one is on overload training, and that overload training may hinder performance. So basically, overload training, the way that works is, so
0: you're basically training to complete. Sorry sorry to interrupt you, but that's actually a good concept. If you make something that's very hard to pronounce, it makes it less likely that someone will check the source. So the university of something you can't pronounce, right, people aren't going to check because you can't really say it. So if you can't say it, people won't know what to, you know, they'll read it, but they won't really know how to, uh, how to approach it. So they'll just give up, right? So it's much easier if you want to have a bogus study to, to say it's from a university of something, of a, a name you can't pronounce. Uh, I think that, that makes it much less people, you know, I think less likely that people will really follow up on it.
1: I don't. Uh, yeah, you're on your own on that. One. All
0: right,
1: so um, it's ba- so overload training is basically kind of training to complete exhaustion. So it's uh, the idea is basically you 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 know it's kind of when you see, you see people it's like you just push yourself to your, to the max. And then the next time you work out, you, you will have increased your fitness level, and then you can work at even at an even higher level. So it's this way of kind of like almost forcing the body, you know, to increase your fitness level, um, which is a little bit different from like you know the, you know your standard style of training where you, you maybe you push yourself a little bit more, but you're not you're not you're not going to complete exhaustion, and so. And get ready for some industry jargon. Um, what happens when you train at overload is basically your muscle sympathetic nerve activity is increased. So, just are, are we referring to weight training? Oh, um, or just any? This was this study was done with triathletes and cyclists. So, no, not oh, weight training. so this is more yeah. endurance. Based. So, okay, yeah. So, basically, the so not going to get into muscle sympathetic nerve activity, except that what happens is. Part of the effect, part of the result, is that it constricts the muscle blood vessels, and that's an indicator of stress. Um, and and that and that in itself is is something that actually hinders performance. And actually, you see high levels of this in unhealthy people. So basically, the so the so kind of the result, the will so Explain what the study. So the study was only over it was done over three weeks with recreational triathletes and cyclists, and basically one training group one group trained at 150% of their normal training volume. So they're kind of the overall training volume, if you look at, like, you know, in, in, in if we're weightlifting, it's kind of sets times reps times weight is your volume. And so, you know, with cycling, you can think of it being as a, you know, the amount of miles, you know, with the amount of Mets and the amount of time, you know, um, you know, uh, time or whatever, you know, just, just that it's the total work done. Um, For these athletes so the one group trained at hundred and fifty percent of their normal training volume and the other group continued under their normal training volume and what they found was that The people at the consistent training actually increased in almost every cardiovascular measure um, And they had very little stress on the sympathetic nervous system where the group that trained at the higher level Actually had much higher levels of the sympathetic nerve activity and, and actually had lower levels in some cases of the actual cardiovascular measures. So the, you know so uh, you know, the, again, a little bit you know, an interesting thing here because we, we tend to think about, when, especially when you're dealing with sports and athletic training, that, oh well, you need to be training, you, know, you need to be pushing yourself to your limits. And it might be that when you push yourself to your limits, your, you know, it, it's going to hinder your performance. So that, mm. that might be an issue of, you know, another question to, to ask and things that need to be looked at further is, okay, maybe the problem is that you shouldn't be training, you know, it at your highest level, every training session, mm-hmm. but what happens if you do it once a week or what happens if you do it twice a week? So, you know, I think, again, this isn't, this is a good example of you probably shouldn't be trained, you know, you kind of, varying your workouts even at a kind of micro level. So when we talk about periodization, you know, there's different phases of your training that's geared towards whatever your your competition or sport is. But even within, you have these micro set your your workouts themselves, and so the idea is, yeah, some workouts are going to be your super high level, some workouts are going to just be steady, you know, normal. Some workouts might take it back a notch. So, um, you definitely don't want to be training all out crazy every session. But I, then the question, like I said, um, which further studies you know are, would be needed for, is like what level. You know How often should you should you ever train at 150%? Yeah. Should you always stay at, you know, what is the right way to kind of go to make sure you're maximizing your, the kind of training effect?
0: So you uh, it, it actually bring up some great points. And there's a few uh, uh, concepts to be thought of um, the mixed in with it. So the first thing you mentioned is recreational. So these are not professional athletes where their job depends on it, where their livelihood depends on it. Uh, where they have um, maybe perhaps to hire dietitians, doctors checking them out, all those sorts of things. I think that plays into it. The, um, what's the immediate thing that comes into your mind when you think of, well, even in I mean, we see it with athletes. But what's the, the immediate thing that comes to mind when you hear about someone going all out every time? What's going to happen? Injuries, yes. Yeah. So it's just you're just begging for it in yeah, one way I would, or another. I would say
1: this. Yes, you're right. They're recreational athletes, but they're still they're triathletes it's and cyclists. Right. It's not like you're saying you know a recreational basketball player. Yeah. Not that yes. that you can't play basketball at a high level, but these are these are they're athletes who are doing very high level, high level endurance okay. events. So, so so let you know. So yes, you know I think that the the you know one of, they're still athletes. And they're still training at a high level. Yeah.
0: Sure, but it sort of goes back. Back to what you said that with certain athletes you know that you're making bodily sacrifices and that's the name of the game yeah right well, Yeah. so there but, are so I think that with certain with, with all professional sports there is going to be a time where you're going to have to go all out yeah, yeah absolutely now I think that the um, you know clearly going all out gets you're going to you, to an extent now of course there's I'm sure there are debates on how often to do it that's a very interesting study I think that um, going all out has a strong psychological component to it that it's sort of the, you know, we worked so hard here that on the field, nothing can stop us. So there might be that component to it, which is also important with professional athletes. Um, as far as the actual training and how often to do it, which is appropriate, you hear about athletes, especially um, that train in different seasons, peaking at certain point. So I'm sure that you is actually a very interesting discussion. Um, it would be good to get a, uh, a a professional sports trainer in here to to talk about when is it appropriate for an athlete to go all out? How often do they have to do it? What, how do they have to gear their diet when they're going mm-hmm. all out? What do they, what do they have to do to help them go all out? Do they have to do extra stretching? Do they need to do prehab exercises? So there's a lot that goes into it. And now we can take, put the going all out. Now granted, these are, these are um, uh, endurance, uh, athletes but you could take the same thing for any sport as you mentioned for any sport for weightlifting you know for uh if for instance if you're gonna want to be a successful uh Olympic lifter you have to go all out right that's the very that's the very now how much well, In training I... do you have to do it but when competition you yeah. have to go all well, yeah, out you I mean, know point. that
1: and in competition you have to go all out but you you so know that, can but you... so the I mean so let's like let's stay focused on this study though because so, I think the, the key here is more that it's Performance. Yeah. So, what's going to be best for your your overall performance, overall performance. and the, with also that that going all out, actually. Create stress in the body So sure. I think we want to keep Those stick with Like you know again When we're talking about the studies Obviously there's a lot of things That we can yeah, We can yeah. branch off and discuss But I think that's the point Of this one Is more that You know going all out May or may not You know kind of This overload style training It definitely doesn't Or probably doesn't work For every session yeah. And so I guess Like I said The further questions are like Well how often should you do it Should you ever yeah. do it And then you know How how much rest do you need So there are all these variables And you know Yeah we could go off Like we could do a whole episode Just talking about the different uh, Kind of implications but so I think let's...
0: it's a, but but I think it's a, uh, a, a an important study. And um, when you look at the, when you look at sort of the the, the CrossFit craze, they sort of push going all out a lot, mm-hmm. right? Now I don't know completely about, because I know it differs from across you know different locations, but that's sort of a, a big concept behind them, or at least what I've heard. You know, I know it's anecdotal, but they go all out a lot. So mm-hmm. when you take this study. Or, and you put it into something like CrossFit, which potentially involves uh, movements and exercises that are more dangerous than uh, cycling or swimming or whatever it is. So you know, sort of, you're at your own risk when you train all out all the time.
1: Mm-hmm. Cool. All right. So let's get to the next study. Um, this one comes from NeuroImage. Um, it is basically the the idea that exercising after motor skill learning actually helps to improve learning. So the for this one what they did was you, they did for uh, 15 minutes of cardiovascular exercise. Um so they started off using a dynamometer which is kind of a joystick like thing and it was used to connect kind of rectangles on a screen so you're just kind of using this joystick so it's kind of a motor kind of fine motor skills to move this thing around on this to connect kind of connect these rectangles on the screen basically Um, they followed that up with 15 minutes of exercise or rest so one group did 15 minutes of cardiovascular exercise another group did 5th rested And then they repeated the task. So they repeated the task 30 minutes later, 60 minutes later, 90 minutes later, eight hours later, and then 24 hours later. And brain activity was measured throughout. So what they found was that the exercisers were able to complete the task better and showed less brain activity when... uh, up during the, you know, ta- when they repeated the tasks later up to the 24 hours after. So, and, you know, obviously, the, you know, well, why would they show less brain activity? Become Because the kind of neuromuscular system is kind of adapted to that movement better. So you become more efficient. So, like, when we do any movement, um, you know, things that we're really, really good at, Require very little brain activity. So like you ask Michael Jordan to shoot a basketball and it's just natural It's 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 it, there's no brain activity required for that or very little where you ask me to shoot a basketball And there's gonna be a high level of brain activity because it's not I'm not good at it And so I have to really think about it So kind of the same thing here where you're the, the more efficient you are to movement the less you actually have to think about it, the less your brain is actually active while you're doing it. So it becomes kind of automatic so, uh, you know, it's something we've known for a long time, but, you know, but um, it's interesting that so if when you're learning fine motor skills, it may be beneficial to do some cardiovascular work. And so, you know, um, there's some you know, like theories as to why it could be just increased blood flow um, when you're exercising, it still increases to the brain. So that increased blood flow helps to kind of cement the um that motor skill, but yeah, again, just, I found it interesting that you know, okay, if you're learning any it's new skills, very you might it's wanna, actually, very. You know, hey, interesting. maybe when you're if you're teaching your guitar, student, go run you know, afterwards.
0: Yeah,
1: <laughs> might not be a bad idea. <laughs>
0: Take you your know, kids out for a run afterwards. I know card. it's it, it's a it's a it's an interest. It's very interesting right, to show that. And, Why it's and an for, interesting study for for what it's worth. If I know you're talking about just motor skills type stuff, but could we could it extend to Education topics like if you learn math for sure, instance, I think I know that there are studies about that, and I'm which pretty would, sure that it does not w- And wouldn't that uh, basically cement the importance of of uh, now that it's already not important, but really sh- show uh, the the need for for physical education? Sure. Like basically saying that your your that the physical education in school will help their students retain their information. Yeah. No. I, yeah. Absolutely. So, there's a lot that goes into it, right? So, do we know the age of the participants in the study?
1: Um, because
0: well, that sure makes a difference. Because we, we all know we that
1: probably you're... do, but um, I'm not well, seeing it. I didn't put it in my notes. All
0: right, that's important because we know that the older you get, it's the your brain is not as good, is not as efficient at learning new things. Sure. Right. So that certainly plays into it. Um, perhaps also what, what, what plays into it is um, just your natural ability for things mm-hmm. right so like for, for me even though strangely enough I'm a guitar player which is in which you involves uh, incredible amounts of fine motor skills I am a terrible visual artist I cannot draw for and I cannot I'm terrible at doing little handy things like that you know little craft I'm terrible at it and you might one might extrapolate and say well you play guitar so you're good with that sort of stuff but I'm terrible with it mm. so I, I'm naturally bad at doing yeah. certain things like that so how much of that you would have to have people that are at this at a that are either inept or all at the same level or very good at something to see how they're doing because right if you teach uh, if someone, uh, you're pretty, you're actually, Ryan's very good with those sort of fine motor things, like with no. craft. You're pretty good with it. You know? uh, I, I do
1: them. I think there's a difference between I, I do it, doing you're it. You're pretty
0: good with that stuff. Uh. So if you could yeah, you could give me all the exercise you want after me doing those stuff, but they are not going to get me better at it. Yeah. Right? But I guess that's not the point. It's not about the it's not about the level to which you do something it's your ability to retain what you're doing I guess so that's where they're saying the exercise helps people retain it not necessarily get better at it but whatever level they've gotten up to it helps them retain it yeah so it look it is very interesting and I'm uh, be hard-pressed to, to find that this is the end of the end of the study right? yeah no this could go on there's there's I mean, so the, much that can yeah be brought there's, out of this.
1: yeah there's a lot dealing with kind of how exercise affects the brain and learning Skills. So just again, interesting. Um, All right, so this one uh, from the American Journal of Clinical Nutrition. Um, So it was a uh, kind of cross sectional meta analysis of studies um, looking at BMI and telomere length. So, um, in short, so telomeres are the caps uh, at the end of a string of DNA. Um, And basically, kind of think about it if you think about it like a shoelace like the caps on a shoelace um that effectively kind of is what what telomeres are and basically it protects DNA and without it our DNA becomes damaged so uh, shorter telomeres are connected with aging, and it kind of it, it it's our kind of actual biological age. We kind of have our chronological age, but if you kind of look at our telomere length, um, it actually is associated with kind of what our like biological age is. So kind of my little brief explanation on telomeres. Um, so this um, meta-analysis looked at 87 distinct studies. Um, again, looking at obesity and tel- telomere length. And it found that obesity may contribute to the shortening of telomeres. So what they found was that a high BMI was associated with shorter, shorter telomere length, especially in younger people. You have so, a shorter
0: telomere length. <laughs> yeah,
1: sure. Okay. Um, you know, and again, this was eighty-seven studies, one hundred fifty thousand people. Um, so you know, look, there's you know, we we know obviously that that obesity ha- you know comes with a myriad of of health issues. Um, and so you know of which shorter life expectancy and uh you know i guess it's some to some extent it's like a chicken or egg thing like are these people obese because they have you know naturally shorter telomere length or is or the telomere is the telomere length shorter because of the being obese but again it's interesting i think um just stuff dealing with telomere length is is fascinating to me anyway uh (laughs) it's not (laughs) why you're laughing um I, just thought, uh, I
0: thought of a very dumb pun, but I'm okay, not going to yeah. say because it it's so dumb.
1: So yeah, I, you know, I don't know, not much else to add, but that you know, all the more reason why really it's important to to try to keep your weight in check and keep yeah. you know as much as you can. You know, focus on your health, whether it be it through exercise or you know good eating strategies, and all the while listening to the gym wits um, yes. probably helps because it, it seems as if there is definitely a correlation between kind of a higher or biological age as well as yeah. um, obesity.
0: Well, definitely your biological age goes up if you listen to the jim wits you didn't read that that recent study interesting study. no
1: oh, no i didn't i yeah i don't have it in my notes
0: it was done in the university of. <laughs> so do your research i'm telling you look it up
1: i'm too tired for this yeah yeah i think we need, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> need tony uh, and her energy to 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 make this joke work <laughs> or, the, or this little uh riff but anyway next study last one there's another study there's one more yeah there's like 60 that i've just got loaded up so i don't know what to do with them um all right so this is basically comparing eccentric versus concentric only training um Forgetting which journal it was, I'll put I'll add it in the show notes. It might have been the Journal of Strength and Conditioning, but I'm not 100. I think it was Journal of Strength and Conditioning Research, but I'm not 100 percent sure on that. Um, So basically, eccentric only training would be you know okay. So eccentric and concentric, uh, you know, we've talked about this plenty of times, but um, (laughs) concentric is so if you're doing a bicep curl, like the concentric portion is when you're. You know flexing the arm when you're decreasing the angle at the elbow when you're lifting the weight or curling the weight up the eccentric portion of the movement is when you control the weight back down so when you extend the arm or you increase the angle at the elbow so Um, You'll have people that say concentric. you know you focus on the concentric part right you focus on that curl and then other people that you really do a Slow eccentric and you control down. So this study compared the eccentric um, only versus the concentric only and um, They were kind of looking at the effects of um, you know, how how it affected the muscles. So Basically the participants did three workouts a week uh, for ten weeks. They did four sets of eight to ten reps of the leg press so um, they basically did either the, the max they either did 80% um so they did they did their they did the maximum for that number of reps either for you know eccentric or their or concentric so they did 80% trying to get 8, 8, 8 to 12 reps um and what they found was that there was similar changes in the muscle volume so the muscles the overall volume of the muscles grew um Eccentric only training, though, increased the length and the kind of distal region cross section area. So, what does that mean? That basically means it's very simple. So, the kind of the so the well, I'll tell you the concentric and then I can explain the eccentric. Basically, concentric in, increased pination angle and middle cross section area. So, basically, if you were taking the biceps as another example, if you flex the biceps, that kind of peak, that middle part of the biceps, that's that part increased more with the concentric training right where the eccentric training kind of increased the length or the size or volume at the ends of the biceps so why is this important so the, i guess the, the reason is important i think it's something we might have talked about at some point a few weeks ago is you know we, we talk about when with training we did when we talked about the mass episode that that basically you know you can't you can't choose how the muscles grow you know you can't really like you say okay I'm gonna try to increase this part of my biceps or this part of my hamstrings you just kind of you gotta lift and you hope it, it it works but there is some research that shows that there might be ways to possibly maybe increase a certain region distally versus the the middle so like you know, it's like maybe you can kind of sort of possibly increase a little bit more in one area or another the issue is that there's not enough science and there's not enough research there to say exactly what the best way to to do that is but again again I guess further you know confirmation that there might at some point be methods of possibly kind of increasing specific areas of a muscle more than than another I I personally think it'll never be so much that you're really gonna modify your training all that much but it might be that like if you're a bodybuilder and let's say you know for some bodybuilders like they want you know to get a full biceps maybe they're finding that the at the ends of the biceps especially towards the the um. By tendon maybe it's it's not doesn't it's not full enough and that maybe doing eccentric training might help fill that out and for a Bodybuilder where like every little bit's gonna count maybe you know that does help with the training So, you know, I think that for me that was kind of the, the main takeaway. I don't know if there's anything Not much to, to discuss there really.
0: Well, I like to use uh, Eccentric training just because it's a variation mm-hmm. Right, so for me and I've been doing a lot of weightlifting. You've noticed any difference uh, you
1: walk like you're bigger? I don't know. Yeah, Have you no, been training I'm more? I don't know. Are you big, bigger? Okay, I'm maybe. I'm bigger, yeah. right? It just, okay.
0: that's always how it's been for me. I just, I not necessarily look all that, um, uh, that ripped, but I just get big. That's just always been my thing. Um, although my cut phase will start soon, so. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Why? Because I think I just want to, I want to do that. I'm all sorry. Right? You know, lifting weights. Getting right? ripped? For a while, yeah. I like to get a little more ripped if okay. possible. So, um. Plus, i just like to get back into better cardio shape, okay. which I'm not in right now because uh-huh. I've been lifting so much. So um, I, I just like to do it because it's it's a variation. Like m- the majority of my my lifting is just is sort of standard lifts, focusing on the concentric with uh, you know with, with controlling the weights back. But occasionally, I will I will. Um, I like to do it actually at the end, sort of in my final set, final few sets. Do something where I focus on the eccentric mm-hmm. a little bit more, just because it's a nice variation. It's good for muscle endurance, and I, I just I think it's a nice variation, and I think it adds. Have, has a, have I noticed anything <coughs> different um, aesthetically? Absolutely not. But it's just it's just part of the workout, and I think it's you know, certainly something that you know, is knows good to incorporate.
1: Cool. All right. Well, I guess that that's all I've got. Uh, studies. You had a. Did you have a rant? Do you have time? Do you want to I do. got. Okay.
0: Something. What's your What's your rant? When it sounds too good to be true, when you're really not sure just what you should do, look around. Chances are you're on the corner. That's more. So in this episode of BS Corner, we have a good one. Now, this one isn't completely new, but it's still relevant, as in people are still buying this product. It's still being advertised, and she's still pushing it. And it's the Body Flex Method, and it's um, by uh, Greer Childers. Ever heard of the body flex method?
1: Not sure.
0: So basically, what uh, messed up she's like a,
1: a, a listener of the podcast and really likes us, and now we're, we're, we're trash.
0: Uh, I don't think okay. she does. Well, okay. she might. She might, but. Um, all right. Well, well all regardless. So body flex? Tell me about it. Basically, it's a system of uh, exercise and weight loss and wellness based on. On aerobic breathing basically the idea that deep breathing exercises can help you lose weight and uh, along with a lot of other things so these are the claims that her uh, system maker that she makes um, uh, let's take a look here so you know abdominal manipulation you have to work the muscles from the inside out you have to be able to manipulate the inside of your abdomen when you do this you strengthen the muscles and when you strengthen the muscles they get shorter and make your stomach flat it sounds like bs yeah <laughs> all right um, oxygen heals disease basically hmm. claiming that oxygen helps the lymph the lymph system to kick into high gear and get rid of those toxins in your body you're going to be, sp- be sick all the time with cold, flu, and whatever comes along. One out of two of, uh, of us in this country will get cancer in our lives. One out of four of us women will get breast cancer. So on basically makes claims that that her breathing method can prevent cancer, cure cancer, prevent disease. So, that
1: the, but the, so does the method like – does your it increases like your oxygen uptake or
0: something? I, or think, the, it, yeah, I vo- think somewhere like- it's – yeah, it's um, – All right, so it's an accelerated aerobic breathing technique, increasing oxygen. So it's increasing oxygen.
1: Okay. Uh, Sounds like (laughs) yes.
0: All right, so, yep. um, And it, it, of course, claims that you're going to lose weight. Now, I looked on the website, Mm -hmm. and I found uh, tons of other ridiculous claims, like that her breathing method can help you come off antidepressants. That's irresponsible to make that claim. Right, it says it right here. I have had many people take my programs who were depressed and on antidepressants. After two weeks on the program, they would call me and say, "I was suicidal when I took this program. Now I feel like a million dollars and have stopped taking my antidepressants." <clears throat>
1: it's a little like a, that's a It was worded well, like if you when you think about it, because it's yes. not saying, you know, I I told people to stop. You know, it's not saying I diagnosed something or I told them to stop. but It's kind of saying that. After my program, people just, they they stop taking oh, their antidepressants. It's so clearly so, worded Yeah, well, it's, it's legally worded, you know, worded to avoid any legal kind of repercussions, I guess. But what's but, really uh, saying? But no, it sounds kind of sketchy. It's like you Kind know, of sketchy. It sounds very sketchy. Like <laughs> nobody's going to, no, there might be something to be said for like, you know, breathing exercises as a way to relax. But I think if you're at the point where you're on antidepressants, I don't think, I mean, I've never been on antidepressants, but I don't know that um, a couple weeks of breathing is going to get you off those meds.
0: Yeah, no, I don't think so. And it's dangerous to imply. Yeah. Right? You could get someone who feels better for whatever reason. They go off their meds and then they kill themselves or, you know, or hurt themselves or hurt others, right? So it's, I, I think it's it's extremely irresponsible. But now something that's funny, I looked on the website, mm-hmm. you know, of course it makes claims, oh, two weeks you lose weight, three weeks you lose a blah, blah, blah. You look at the fine print, it says the, the, the uh, body flex system system and the diets, you know, are very small, combined with a twelve hundred calorie or thirteen hundred calorie diet.
1: Okay, for weight
0: loss. Okay, yeah. So oh mm, well, okay. so it's really the breathing yeah. that's causing you to lose weight, and not the fact that yeah, you not the fact now you're now calorie cutting something. calories. Yeah. All right. So the whole thing is is, is I mean, this is as, as BS as it gets. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I mentioned it to Tony about it, and she said, "A BS coin." I, I mentioned, "Well, we could do an episode," and she was like. I don't want to give this person any credence by even mentioning her for more than a few minutes. So that's what Tony thought. That's about a good it. point. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's what the
1: BS corner is for, yes, right? Yeah. Is to kind of call out BS. We don't need to, you know, yeah. unless it's like really. I mean, I don't know. Is this is this is this selling well? Is I it think assist, she, I, don't know. I
0: I've looked up Greer Child. She's made uh, she's made millions. All right. Well, I mean, I mean, that's the problem. Is you've got you know millions
1: when you're dealing with a lot of these pseudoscientific kind of BS. It's not even. It's like kind of it kind of falls in that realm of like you know a lot of like you know the weird alternative medicine stuff and not you know I know some of it's okay but like you know you get a lot of a lot of the, the quacks breathing is and great. Charla- breathing this yeah a lot but... of the quacks and charlatans will take a couple little things extrapolate you know, mislead people you know imply certain things that, and and uh, it gives a bad name to the ones that might actually be doing something decent it, and unfortunately it, it, yeah, it, it, is, it, it, it sucks
0: when i read yeah. when i see stuff like this it, it actually angers me it makes me angry that people will sell a system or sell something and make these sorts of claims for people that are suffering yeah, but that I mean, might have diseases that might be worried yeah. that might be on antidepressants that might have, smoke, claims it can help me quit smoking yeah. right that are overweight and they're just looking for something that they can do and just you know and and being a huckster and making yeah, money I mean off
1: that's of that's as old as of course any i mean that's just you see that everywhere
0: no, it's, um, at least, there. look, there are products that are marketed and make claims, but they could somewhat work, right? Well, there uh, are diet plans that you look at and you're like, oh, well, it's not great, but look, if you stick with it, you, it could work. And yeah. exercise plans, it could work. This is not going to work. There's nothing about this that's going to work. Yeah. It's not going to cure any disease. It's not going to help you lose weight. It's All it's going to do is take your money and yeah. give you false hope. And that's what a lot of this is. I mean, a lot of the industry is that, based on that. Yeah. It's based uh, yes. on... Yes, well, and that's yeah. why the BS corner exists. Yes, to... Would you ever do the body flex method? No. I mean,
1: <laughs> yeah, no. It doesn't seem like it makes any sense. I mean, you know, the thing is, like, I'm sure there are a couple, there, there's benefits to breathing sure, better, of sure. Of course. But, you know, talk about it in that context and give us, you know, how, how does breathing help us? Because clearly, you know, uh, it's hard it, to sell yeah, that, though. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Absolutely. Much easier
0: to sell it if you can cure cancer, help you oh. stop taking antidepressants, help you lose weight, strengthen your abdominals. Just everything. Yeah. It, it seems to cure every ailment known to man. Yeah,
1: pretty irresponsible <laughs> i don't know I, i'm a little tired today so i'm like i'm not as uh well maybe if you use the body flex say, so you so maybe tired. maybe it'll wake me up yeah maybe better than <laughs> caffeine i've had like three cups of coffee today um yeah, yeah. But yeah no so I, I mean i don't have much to add to that it sounds like bs you're right <laughs> i don't feel bad um uh, disparaging her name i guess so once again the moral um, of the story as we say it always is make stuff up promise great results for little work and you can become a millionaire yes there you go which is unfortunately not the gym what's way sometimes <laughs> no, i wish i had that in me like uh, yeah, for like yeah, no. two weeks i wish i could just become immoral not maybe not two, like like a couple months right stock get up out. like a few million dollars and then and then see the error of my ways and back yeah. to a moral person
0: but keep the money yes all right i'll give i'll give back half. i'll donate half. half of the money that you scammed out of people
1: yes to like a really good cause. Okay. But I won't give it back to the people that I scammed. Well that's an interesting
0: concept. So is it okay to scam people if you're giving the money for a good cause? I mean no Because sort of you're like scamming people
1: Well deals. yeah I guess so Like who am I scamming Am I scamming If I'm scamming billionaires Then is it okay to scam Man, billionaires yeah. Pocket half the money And then you know Use the rest of the money To like you know And it's feed, certainly possible That
0: people that are That have a lot of money Would buy something like this But it's also possible That people, that people don't people have that money who don't I mean that's the problem it, right?
1: So, right Like, Because again we talked about earlier Right Who the more educated people Are I, mean, I don't know if They're likely but, Well no Because I think you get Some people that are educated I know some very smart oh, people Who right. would totally buy into this stuff I probably, I probably know At least two people Who probably yeah, do absolutely. Buy into this, but um, you know you would you would think that the more educated the less likely you are the more skeptical you are the less likely you are to buy into that. But that's just me saying, and I don't know how true that there's, is. I'm
0: sure there's people that are, but it, it actually is funny how are, people that are. It's actually amazing how there are people that are so smart uh, and incre- educated. And they believe in crazy conspiracy theories and crazy things. It's just funny how that works out, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you had your own little brush with your flirtation
1: with conspiracy yeah, theories. Yeah, but it was there was some crazy. Li- there, like, there, it's not crazy. I think there were some like there were some but you there are people that are educated that buy into things that I'm just like what the hell are you buying yeah, into? Like this doesn't make yeah. sense. Like, come on, you're smarter than that and you want to say it, but I don't know.
0: Anyhow, take us home.
1: Uh, yeah sure so as as usual um Jimwitz.com for all of our stuff um check out our instagram the underscore Jimwits. i posted some pictures uh from comic con me dressed as batman my 3d printed costume um yep all of our stuff Jimwits.com. our social media on facebook instagram pinterest all that good stuff uh if you have not done it please review us on itunes it helps us a lot so if you're a fan of the show and the work that we do help us uh rank higher and get more listeners so that we can get you more stuff and more content and and all that good stuff so um as usual i'm ryan george
0: i'm justin guild aka chef sonic
1: reminding you that
0: truth does not sell damn
1: you forgot your own your Especially own uh your own tag like that, after right? doing the after doing your oh, I'm, I'm disappointed
0: <laughs> and we
1: are hey, the for you to say. Huh? Yeah. and we are the gym <laughs>